0: As always, we would like to acknowledge that we live and work on Gadigal land today and always and for most of our lives, actually. So we'd like to pay our deep love and respects to the custodians of the land upon which this podcast has been created. Hello everyone and welcome back to Love Clues. My name is Grace. Sorry, I was just drinking a gulf of oh, water. And my name is Louie. <laughs> and together we are in a band called Clues. In this show, we talk to some incredible people that we've been lucky enough to cross paths with about their own journeys through the crazy, crazy world of love, dating and romance. So welcome back and enjoy the beautiful conversation that we're having today. This week we are joined by Laurel. Laurel is an indie pop songbird author and Fashionista from (laughs) London. Songs like Scream Drive Faster, Scream Drive Faster. Lily and I have both been very obsessed with um, and songs like that have soundtracked some incredible moments in our lives so thank you for creating them Laurel. Um, You are a fashion icon if you don't believe me just take one look at her Instagram and actually the outfit that she has graced us with today. Um, We actually first met Laurel a few years ago when we supported her at I think it was the Oxford Art Factory in Sydney and since then we've kept in touch and have a bit of a long distance friendship going and I'm very grateful for that. And of course this, is, well not of course but surprisingly, very surprisingly <laughs> this is Laurel's first podcast so yeah. I'm so honoured. So welcome to Love Clues Laurel. Thank you. <laughs> welcome baby. Welcome to him. Korean boys. What an intro! She's back. (laughs) She's She's back back in the country. Love it. Fashionista. (laughs) Um, how does it feel to be back in Australia?
1: Yeah, great. I love it here, Mm. and everybody really appreciates the music. So they do. It's nice. I come here, and I'm like, wow, everyone knows the words. Literally, everyone.
0: Yeah, Yeah, do you know? I was actually thinking on the drive over here. I I feel like you really uh, struck some sort of nerve. With Aussie audiences mm. because like yeah. we're pretty we're a pretty insular little scene mm. and I don't know she's cut through hasn't yeah. she? Oh, it's weird.
1: I have no idea. It's what's cool. Going on. <laughs> I, I think yeah. it's just
0: like you said. She's amazing, so it's not that surprising. <laughs> um, but Laurel, before we came into the studio, we were just talking about how you and I had a cute little date night. When I support, when we supported you like a few years ago, whenever it was twenty nineteen or something. Yeah,
1: did um, we eat ramen? I can't remember. We went to Thai on oh, King Thai Street food. in Newtown. Do you remember? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I
0: think we had like just supported you, and we only just met, and I don't think you knew that many people in Sydney. So we're like, we
1: should hang out. Like, I don't think go. I knew anyone in yeah, Sydney.
0: Yeah, I don't think you did. Yeah. <laughs> so we were like, let's take you under our wing. Unfortunately, Lily couldn't make it, but that's okay. But something that has, like, I still remember from that dinner is, of course, we started talking about relationships and all the rest of it. And you were telling me how head over heels you were with your partner, Elliot. Ah. You guys are still together now, which is fucking awesome. But I wanted to know, if you think back to, like, yeah, a few years ago, whenever it was that we had that dinner, where were you two at in your relationship at that point? And then we'll fast forward to.
1: Yeah, we'd only been together for a year. So So it was fresh. It was very fresh. We're now engaged. Oh, what? I didn't know that. Yeah, we are. Oh, my God. What? Congratulations. (laughs) I know. It's been like five and a half years together now. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's funny. Oh,
0: my gosh. That is crazy. It was
1: still pretty new then. I guess I didn't feel like it was pretty new, but um, considering considering now, it was was pretty fresh.
0: What, as in like you felt like you... You know, that classic thing of yeah. feeling like you've known someone for I'm a long like, time. like, we've been
1: together for a year, a whole lifetime. Really? Whoa. And now I'm like five and a half years in and I'm like, no, now we've been together for a long like, time. Like truly, yeah. Yeah. That's Whoa. incredible
0: that you felt like that from the get-go though.
1: Yeah. But doesn't everyone? I like jump in head first. So when I'm did you know like you that. were going to get married? Oh, on our first date. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true, is it? It's so true. I, like, what? Went, yeah, I went home and I told my mum on the phone. I was like, yeah, I'm going to marry him. <laughs> <gasps> Why?
0: What was it about him or like your combination together? What?
1: I don't know. I just knew it. I like, When you know, oh, you know. Yeah. Whoa. I was so in love with him. Like after our first date, really, I was. <laughs> Did he wow. feel the same? Was what? it like oh, a I neutral? don't know. You'll have to ask him. Yeah. But, <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose he must have, otherwise we might not be getting married now.
0: <laughs> poor, poor Elliot isn't here to speak for himself, so yeah, we're just going to have to take
1: One-sided. your word
0: on this. <laughs> wow. Okay, so then I guess if you were head over heels from the first time that you met and then fast forward five and a half years later and you're about to lock it down, has that feeling of love been consistently present the whole time? Like, or has it, you know, because people say like, the first time you're with someone, there's, like, an infatuation and Mm. then it, you know, maybe tapers off and deepens into something else. Like, how has it kind of changed?
1: Yeah, I think relationships do take, like, a journey. And I guess everyone's different, but I think for us, we have retained this kind of honeymoon Mm. um, sensation, which is why I think we're so happy together. Everyone says, oh, you know, the honeymoon's just at the beginning, but... I think both of us didn't ever want that to be true because we're quite romantic. Mm. And I think we just didn't really accept that our relationship would be this, like, infatuation and then steady, boring (laughs) thing. So, yeah, we're still, like, I think it's infatuated with each other as before. I guess the only thing that's changed is it's it's more manageable. (laughs) Mm. So when I used to leave town, I would, like, miss him so much. I felt like it would kill me. And now I'm oh. a bit. It's it, I'm chill. I'm like cool. Yeah. I'll see no, you. That's we live a together. Good, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Do
0: you think you said that you are both naturally like romantic people, and you both kind of probably did make a conscious effort to like keep that you know spark or honeymoon feeling alive? Mm. Was there anything specific that you guys did? Like, did you have to keep things exciting, or was it just an unspoken thing where you were like, we're gonna hold on to this excitement? forever and yeah definitely
1: unspoken we never talked about it but I think I am um, I ha- I'm quite high maintenance to be honest really in what way <laughs> I'm just quite demanding as a partner <laughs> and I don't think that's a bad thing I just there's a certain standard that I would like to you know be in with my partner and for me that's that I want to go on dates, I want to do special things, I want to do holidays, I want us to be seeing each other regularly, like, even though we travel. There's a lot of stuff which, for me, is quite important. And I think that definitely contributed to us keeping keeping it, I guess, alive. I don't know. But I think also we just feel so good when we're together. It's not like an effort. There's no, like oh, we need to make sure we have a date every week or it's just we have so much fun together. So it definitely makes it easy. But we do a lot of things which I think other people might think was a lot of effort. Like we leave each other notes around the house and we're always buying each other like little presents and, you know, things that, you know, some people might think their girlfriend wants and they can't really be bothered to do. Wow. <laughs> oh, like those gestures come naturally. For yeah. Of, yeah. I think when you're in love, they do come naturally because yeah. you just want the other person to be happy, you know? Yeah.
0: I don't know if you, like, I don't know if you dated that much or had relationships before Elliot, but do you think that concept of knowing what your standards are, has that always been the way for you? Or have you kind of grown into that?
1: Yeah, I think... I always wanted a certain standard, but I think that in my previous relationships, I wasn't getting that um, because I was going about it in the wrong way. I think there was a lot of me telling people, I want this, I deserve this, you're not being this. And I think by the time I met Elliot, I was so done with being in these like toxic relationships where I wasn't, I felt like being treated well or respected that when elliot came along to begin with you know we were still quite young and off doing all our own stuff and i think anything that kind of displeased me to be honest i wasn't going to him and saying hey you should be doing this and this is what somebody does when they're in a relationship i was like no i'm just i'm just not going to have that you know i'm just I'm busy. <laughs> I oh, don't have time for this. that's interesting. Yeah. Well, as in, like,
0: you didn't make a drama out of it, but you didn't You no, didn't leave it.
1: Yeah, there was no drama. I was just like, if you're going to be like that, then I don't have time and I'm a mm. bit busy for you at the moment, you mm. know? Oh, interesting. Yeah. I know, kind yeah. of cutthroat. But, yeah, pretty it, cutthroat. It wasn't like a I'm decision. I'm so bad
0: at being like that, but that's, yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: But you just, at some point, I think you get pushed to your limit and you're like, yeah.
0: Like you don't have the energy to... Yeah, you're like, oh, I
1: can't be bothered, not another... So Can do you I think, swear like fuck, boy?
0: Yeah, of course. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, oh, that yeah. really—I feel like I feel like I'm being pushed to my limits. Right, limit. Oh, <laughs> God, my life. This is great advice to me. I'm really going to try and take it on board. We need to take this on board. Great. Yeah. So, did you have many long-term relationships before Elliot, or were you more kind of floating around? Yeah,
1: lots of long-term relationships. Oh, that's because wow. you're a
0: lover girl. You are. A lover yeah, girl. I've been yeah. in a lot of
1: relationships. <laughs> wow. Whoa. And it's
0: it like night and day between Elliot.
1: Yes, nothing Mm. was like Elliot. Although all my relationships have been really intense, to be honest. Mm. I haven't been in anything half-hearted. So I have demanded quite a high intensity. But I'm not sure everybody could could do it. And he is maybe as high-maintenance as me. And that's probably also why it works. Yeah, (laughs) that's
0: true. Well, that's – I mean, it's cool to know that you – can give and take because, yeah, it sounds like your dynamic is really like you're on the
1: same page. Yeah. Would you both cool. need each other as much? I've been in relationships before where there was just different times when we would need each other as partners and it just wasn't really lining up. So somebody was always rejected and somebody was always claustrophobic, you mm. know? Yeah. You got to find someone that needs the same things as you, I think.
0: I think that's true as well in terms of like love languages. Like maybe the reason why you and Elliot, you know, are so well suited and you don't have to tell each other that you expect little gifts or notes to be left around the house for each other is because you both have the same love language. So it's like just organically what you would want. And so it's what you want to do for the other person.
1: Definitely. I think so.
0: (laughs) That's so cool.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it is cool. It just sounds so easy. It is. It sounds like an easy relationship.
0: But were you looking for, have you always been looking for the one throughout your life and your experience of romance? Or were you, you, are you a kind of go with the flow (laughs) kind of person?
1: I think it was never like something I was thinking about, but I've always been obsessed with boys, to be honest. Like since I was like four years old, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would like write letters, you know. I would, like, write all the things I wanted in a partner. Like, Mm. I wouldn't have called it partner at that age, but, like, oh, curly hair. (laughs) <laughs> I want them to be a singer, you know, all this stuff. And I would, like, put it under my pillow every night. <laughs> Wait, like so you manifested it. your
0: dream man? I, think, I think I did. From the age of four <laughs> years old. Either. Wow. No. Oh, that is so interesting. Do you believe in manifestation? Because oh, if you hundreds. don't after doing that. No, I so believe in it. I believe in it, in it now. Me yeah. God damn. Yeah. No. <laughs> no, that's really cool. Wow. wow. I mean, okay, well, this kind of goes off, par- off our little schedule a little bit, but it's relevant. So I was thinking about your music and I was thinking about how you know how you've kind of evolved from like that singer-songwritery space to like the more pop stuff. And I was like, well, the thing that really hasn't changed or I don't think is like your the imagery in your songwriting and like I don't know, all your songs exist in the, a universe that has like stars in the sky and it's very celestial and it's like has all these I don't know elements of like this really beautiful imagery, and I was like, it really seems like you romanticize your life, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I just, I don't know, I want to talk about like the relationship between how you see your life in general and romance and love and like how it comes through in your songwriting, because yeah,
1: that's so. True. I don't know. It just
0: doesn't. It seems like that's been like a common thread throughout your whole creative.
1: Yeah, that's so nice. I've never actually thought of it like that, but you're so right. Well, I, yeah. I mean,
0: I was thinking about it because it's sort of like, or oh, this is what Grace and I were saying before you came in, the tendency to become more pop, I guess, can come with like simplifying like songwriting or storytelling. And yeah, it's just like you've kept the sophistication and I don't know, just like the magical ways you describe things is so cool.
1: I think I, you know, there was a moment where I think a lot of, Artists will go through this where I hadn't really achieved the success I wanted with my first album or like the scope of what I wanted to play, big venues, I wanted to do all everything, you know. And there was a minute where I was like, okay, maybe I can't just make folk music maybe if I want to do that I have to compromise on some of my artistry and so I think for a minute I was open to changing the lyrics co-writing but it just felt so rubbish Mm. (laughs) and I think like every time I'd make something in that vein it like it didn't no one really liked it as much anyway um but I think at one point I was ready to do that but every time I did it It just didn't translate and it wasn't better and that was really kind of why that never changed and i ended up working with my friend jeremy chrome sparks in that session we kind of we wrote scream to a faster together for our first session and um It just had these whimsical lyrics, but it did feel like it was rooted in reality with some of them. And it just kind of flourished like that. And since that song, I've done it again and again where I'm like, okay, bigger. We need to go bigger. We need to go poppier. We need to make it more accessible mainstream. But every single time I try and do that, it just doesn't work. (laughs) It just doesn't. I don't ever really get a pop song that I think would work, and I always end up going back to my roots, and it's always the stuff that everyone likes the most from me. So wow,
0: wait, now. do you mean do you mean that the roots being like the more rocky kind of indie indie style, and you've tried to do the pop thing and no, you feel like the like, whimsical? Oh, like the whimsical, whimsical is the vibe. perfect yeah. word that you yeah, I, just right. to I think describe it's like yourself. the songwriting, yeah, line, right, 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 the right.
1: lyrics, but also, I mean. Production still, because um, Scream Jo Fast, you know, is pretty indie, like very synth wave. The arrangement is not your typical pop song. It's got yeah. way too many sections and there's only two choruses. But um, it's just always those songs, which I think are my artistic indulgence, mm. that are always what people want the most anyway. Wow. So it's been a big lesson, actually, and I've been learning that for, you know, over and over again. <laughs> Mm, yeah, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it just keeps slapping me in the face. But it's nice because actually the stuff I want to make is what does the best anyway. So it's kind of, oh, I that's think a everyone, good
0: problem to have, yeah. I think. Because I think a lot of artists feel like sometimes they are making what they want to be making and, you know, it doesn't hit or something. So then they try and reverse engineer it. Yeah. You know, but that never works. No, so. I don't
1: think it ever works. And I think if you really hone in on what you want... I've been thinking about this a lot recently. Mm -hmm. It's always what you'll do the best and you just have to give it time. And maybe it hasn't got the exposure right now, but it will if you just keep defining it and keep going in on it, you know? Mm -hmm. Don't try and do what other people are doing.
0: Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, just, just beam that straight into our brains. Oh, we need to hear this right now. <laughs> yeah. Everyone We're does. definitely going through a period no, of like... Sometimes... We, yeah, we go. No, I was just going to say we're going to be working on an album soon and we feel like we've tried so many different things and we don't... We're like in a new phase where we're really trying to basically chuck a laurel and be like, what do we actually want to do? Yeah. Like what is, what is just bursting under the surface and... Yeah. Just follow followed that. It's a killer of question.
1: Else. I ask myself that every day. I don't think you ever figure it out. It's constantly yeah. changing yeah. and evolving. Yeah. I think that's yeah. true. Yeah. yeah. Also, sometimes you don't know what you want until you find it. And mm. I think for me, like that was true with the sound of this new music. I never really knew I wanted this, but it kind of evolved and it felt really good. And I was like, wow, this is a expression of who I am. But um i didn't like wake up one day and be like oh i need to make a synth wave Mm -hmm. like song about screaming and driving faster you know it's like it just we got the song it took me a while to get used to it actually i remember the synth solo at the end i was talking to a friend i was like I've got to get Jeremy to remove that synth solo. It's very, (laughs) very intense. It's a bit much for me. I haven't evolved Uh, that far yet. Yeah. Yeah. And um, lo and behold, it's still in there. (laughs) Oh,
0: sometimes you just got to run with something, don't you? We do. Yeah. Yeah, Because I guess, I mean, this is kind of amplified by your journey of, you know, you had like the departure from the major record label Mm. when you were younger Mm -hmm. and then I don't know how how much soul searching you did creatively after that but do you think that trying to find your voice as an artist has like impacted other areas of your life and your personality and the way you perceive yourself yeah definitely
1: I mean it's so interlinked and you know I don't even have like a band name or like a fake name it's like my name is laurel and yeah it's you yeah so everything is really me and it's you get kind of wrapped up in it though it's a bit dangerous sometimes i think your persona becomes you and you know i'll be like sat in an uber thinking about oh well the persona of laurel is some whimsical fairy but, you know it's just so rubbish <laughs> And it's like, it all just, like, crosses over and it's like, you think everything and everyone else around you is saying, you know, define yourself, let's, like, hone in on this, let's make it more like, you know, you become this kind of caricature, but you are that caricature as well and it is kind of it it's a bit of a head fuck
0: mm. <laughs> almost like you start method acting yourself
1: yeah <laughs> it's like yeah yeah it's kind of like weirdly helpful in a way though because I'm not sure everybody else has asked that question of like, who are you? And in this industry, you are asked that and you're kind of confronted with that. You're confronted with how people react to you and the ways you act like constantly, whether that's talking on stage, in interviews, in meetings. And there is something weird about it that can make you a bit overanalyse yourself but there is also a good aspect where I think you are confronted to ask yourself well who am I and what do I want to give off into the world you know if I hear myself I often will hear myself talking if I'm talking in a negative way or if I'm in a meeting my words and my energy will come Will just kind of radiate to people maybe more so than if I was just working um, I don't know in a shop or in an office or if I was part of a bigger team. But you are kind of leading the parade a lot of the time, and when I'm on stage, people are they're they're wanting to hear from you. So you are you got to give off this energy that you want to be, and so it's kind of heavy, but it's also an incredible opportunity to. I think add light into the world if you want to do that. Mm. Um, So it's
0: nice. Because you do have a platform.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You have a platform and you have... It's just, I think it's like you have a platform to share, like, a certain energy. I'm not somebody that likes to particularly preach on opinions. I I believe everyone's entitled to their own opinion in life. But I do think you can give off um, a positive and light, happy energy that is um, contagious around you. And it's kind of more what I'm interested in than perhaps um, lecturing on any sort of... Political angle, although who knows? <laughs> Let's see. Never words. say never, so yeah. never so, say yeah, never. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> but that's so true. It is a very unique experience being an artist like yourself who is like to- so tied, or you are your personal identity, like you said, mm. and turning yourself into a you know persona a brand, basically. and a brand. Yeah, yeah. it's like, yeah. and I think that's why. They in, in inverted commas are so obsessed with like defining, you know, who who are you, and like, okay, let's bring out this part of yourself more because people react really well to yeah. it. and it's like they want to define the brand.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. It's so crazy. The whole brand thing is like major head. Fuck.
0: It is wild, but I think you just articulated that in such a perfect way. Oh, that was thanks. amazing. <laughs> um, I just wanted to quickly cycling back to Elliot. The man of the hour. Ah. Shout out to
1: Elliot. He's going to love this interview. (laughs) he'll
0: laugh it up. Do you introduce him to people as your fiancé now?
1: Oh, it's so hard. Oh, hi. This is my fiancé. Do you know what? I'm like in the middle of it. We've been engaged for like almost a year and I'm yeah. still not used to saying fiancé yeah. really fiancé kind of feels like very official like, it does doesn't it this is my fiancé Almost like I have a I'm... short window
0: to refer to him like that you kind of make I the most know, of it I I
1: feel like I'm like rubbing it in people's faces I'm like, <laughs> you should did you know I'm engaged yeah. to be wed <laughs> yeah. it's kind of weird did you know I found the beautiful love of my yeah, life it, while yeah. you're still scrambling you know around, around the trenches you know someone asked me to marry them yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there's just so much Wait to that word I think you should yeah you know what there there actually is there I've is, had yeah. this conversation
0: with our I think our bass player because he got engaged oh they're actually married now mm. but just like as soon as you say someone's your fiance it's like everyone's like oh I understand the dynamic of that like partnership it's like wow
1: yeah and I guess that's what the word's for I yeah. suppose so <laughs> yeah it is strange we're both not totally used to it but I do say it more and more and now I catch myself when I say boyfriend I'm like Oh, that's kind of weird. Why are you calling him your
0: boyfriend? You're in the strange <laughs> limbo between boyfriend and husband.
1: Yeah. A.K.A. Okay, a fiance. A fiance. A fiance. A fiance. that has got to work. Like, I honestly I feel know. even though like husband is kind of weird.
0: <laughs> oh, wow. Husband is wild. Yeah. I'm, Imagine being like, hi, this is my husband. Anyway, I derailed this by asking about the, the, sorry, yeah, we went off on a date, so what were you going to say? No, but I was going to say, so I know that at the start of the pandemic you had just moved to LA mm-hmm. to live with Elliot, yeah. right? And then obviously the world went into madness and you guys moved to Elliot's grandfather's place in In France, France. Yeah. yeah. So in like a small kind of cosy little town, right? Yes. Yeah. So so what was it like going from what I assume is, like, a very fast-paced life being a touring musician to suddenly entering a very slow-paced life with Elliot in a small mm. little, you know, oh, French town? What totally was that like?
1: wonderful. Was it? Yeah. It sounds
0: like a dream. It but- was,
1: I think... There was a couple of things at play. I always had wanted to live there because we'd been visiting there since we'd been together. It's a very oh. special place. It's actually where we got engaged as well. So there was there was that. I'd always wanted to, but I didn't think there was going to be a time in my life or at least for a few years where I'd be able to do that. So it was amazing to have this window to go and do it. And we'd been in LA for three months prior to that and it was very... We'd gone there... We were about to move there from London and we were so excited. I was kind of done with London. I hadn't really been hanging out, I'd been working a lot. So I got to LA and I was like, let's go. Like, we went on this big road trip. I was ready to start drinking again and like meet all my friends in America. And then obviously, this like massive shutdown. And I just wasn't in that headspace. I think if I was still in my house in London, I probably would have felt that like a bit more settled. But I was in this random sublet of this guy who didn't even have a hoover or like anything to cook with and there was like dog hair on the walls and it was definitely not very romantic that sounds Um, awful i do look back on it with fond memories regardless but Mm. after that and there was the protest started happening it was like it was just really intense in america at that moment And so leaving was just such a relief. And in France, in this tiny town, there'd only been four cases of COVID at that point. And we were up in the mountains. Everyone was, you know, mostly everything's outside there. The bars and the restaurants were open. Um, Just everything was outside. And there was, like, beautiful markets. There's so much nature. We also had this, like, three-story stone old house in the old town. And it was just... A dream come true, and it was such a relief. We had family close by because Elliot's family are all French, so it was amazing. And I rented this music hall down the road in this this big mansion. They have this big hall where you can go and watch concerts, and no one was using it, so I was renting it for like five hundred dollars a month. And it had this big grand piano, and there was so much spiritual energy in that room. I remember I walked in for the first day of recording and I wrote this song immediately everything came out um I still have like the voice recording and it was just it just felt like I was meant to be there and we had three months there and it was just totally wonderful so yeah we were we were very lucky I feel so blessed to have been able to experience that.
0: Oh See, God. I love how you romanticize everything. Me like, too. It's like know, a movie. It's not just like oh, we had to get out of LA. It's like oh, we actually lived in a stone chateau, <laughs> yeah. and I was playing grand piano every day. Like, I, I, you know, obviously that's a really beautiful situation to be in. But it, I just, yeah, I, I, I think don't you know. do have a knack like for seeing the beauty and aww. things. Yeah, it's a certain knack, and you've also oh, you obviously like manifest these. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's a choice. Situations, yeah.
1: I think there's a choice to see things in a certain way because I can, I can definitely be quite negative at times, and it's a constant challenge. I think everyone has this. As humans, we do see negatives. I think it's a natural trait of survival, but I, I just don't want to. I'd like to see the positive and. You know, that time in L.A. was really difficult, actually. We were both broke. We were far away from home. This house was horrible that we were living in. But I don't know, like, you just choose to walk outside and see the garden every day and and focus on the good stuff, you know? Um, Yeah. Those
0: little beautiful details. Everyone has the
1: choice every day to wake up and feel good, but it's not it's easier for some than others there's definitely that but I think if you yeah there's
0: layers to that for everybody but I
1: think if you see like one small good thing every day and then it starts enlarging and that's what manifestation to me really is it's not just about like choosing some big dream and being like that's what I want it's about making a conscious effort to choose good and then that good enlarges and then that good enlarges just because of the the idea of law of attraction you you bring more of what you're giving and so the better you feel the better you feel and yeah that's mm,
0: like it ripples out or yeah it accumulates or yeah hundred yeah. percent and it's like a big piece on gratitude as well like if you're choosing to see the positive and be grateful for something small every day that feeling of gratitude yeah. compounds every day yeah it's like a big thing for and us. it's not
1: always possible I mean sometimes. I feel shit. I just do and especially as a woman I think we have so much like hormonal fluctuation and you know some days I just I can't. I mm. absolutely can't see the romantic side of what I'm in. But um you still have to try, you know? Even if you're trying, you're doing good. <laughs> oh, that was so beautiful. yeah that's so wise
0: that was such (laughs) oh and I feel that. oh my gosh I feel that so much about like now that we're all adults in our adult bodies just this is it this is gonna be life for a while it's like oh what you just said about even yeah just being a woman and like learning to navigate the I don't know just like the ups and downs Mm, emotionally so hard has been (laughs) something yeah it's been really hard and interesting like coming into that in, out of teenagehood and then into, like, our yeah. 20s.
1: Well, no one teaches you that. I'm twen- 29, like, in a few weeks, and I've only just started to read up about this and learn about this. And, you know, it was no one's fault that I didn't find out about this sooner, but I wish I did. Yeah. I wish I there was more knowledge about totally. stuff because you Give yourself such a hard time and you're down or you're depressed or you're negative, and it's like, no, <laughs> it makes yeah, sense. Yeah, you too. You're like, you're oh, like I can't control my mind, hormones. my body. Yeah, and you're just like, oh, yeah. why am I sinking to the bottom of my world? I know. It's like, why am I eating yeah. five potatoes a day yeah, and yeah. pasta yeah. and chocolate? I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> why is everyone annoying me? Yeah, yeah. I hate everyone, I'm crazy. But everyone's being so nice. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then the next day, you're like, Oh, yeah, no, this makes sense. I have learned the same lesson 40 (laughs) times in a row. Yeah, I
1: know, for my whole life. It's classic.
0: Yeah, Yeah, because like you just said, you can control your mental choices to a point. And then you don't want to be hard on yourself for things that are out of your control yeah well you can also
1: control your expectation and i'm starting to do that it's like just like looking ahead and being like what do i expect of myself at this time and maybe all you expect is just to wake up and have a coffee and say one thing good about the day and like you don't have to expect any more of that you know that day but other days it's like no i can accomplish the whole world and i'm gonna use it to my advantage
0: if we were all gonna say one thing that we were grateful for today what would it be lily you go first Mm, that's actually a good question because I've had one of those dates. I said it when Aww. I came in. I've been, like, dropping my phone, spilling water everywhere, tripping really over. You know, it just, the, like, yes. scrambled. Oh, man. It's okay. okay. <laughs> just take a minute. Let me, let me think. Usually I have things on top of mind. Obviously, I'm grateful to see Laurel but I, <laughs> and for this conversation. That goes without saying. Yeah, yeah that would well. be an obvious. That'd yeah, that would be that was, in that fruit that for us I think, okay, I'm grateful for... Waking up early, actually, and I got to see the sunrise.
1: Oh wow! <sighs> nice. That's a good I actually one. forgot about that and you just one. reminded me. See, that is early. yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Damn, yeah, I actually, that is really I actually early these days. Better. It was really.
0: Early. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Yeah, that was good. Beautiful, <laughs> Laurel. Have you Thanks, got one, Grace?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of cheesy, but I am actually just so thankful to be on this tour. Playing my music and doing stuff like this—it's nice. Like, I was feeling a bit crap this morning, to be honest. And you know, everyone's doing so well, and there's so many people I aspire to be like and to play bigger shows and to do more stuff. And then, you know, you do something like this, and it's like, no, I've got this. Mm. Like, Mm. I've got something different off to the world, and it's nice to have a reminder of that. And also, to have so many people coming to the shows and supporting and making me feel valued as an artist is lovely. Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. yeah, we always say like, I don't need anyone to like my music, but it's nice. It's when nice people when they do. do.
0: Yeah, 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 for <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm definitely grateful for having people in my life who make me see the world in a different way that makes the experience of life more enjoyable. Naming no names, Laurel. But (laughs) are my friends and everyone. I think there's a lot of people around that have some beautiful perspectives to share that really like, I don't know, they just like tilt your vision a little bit and you see things in a slightly different way and that's Mm. pretty special. So thank you for being one of those people, Laurel. Thank this has you. been such yeah. a beautiful conversation. You just have wisdom out the wazoo. It's insane. I read a lot of self-help books. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, how did you get here? How did you get to be like this? Okay, self-help. Were you like, are you like a therapy person or? No, you know? No, I
1: just started therapy actually. Yeah. I don't know. Like my mom's pretty wise. My mom mm, is pretty yeah, otherworldly, that's nice. and she's just got such an energy, and. Yeah, I think she helps, but I think I've I've spent a lot of my life not feeling very good. I think very anxious, a big worrier and very up and down in my emotions. And I actually see it as a blessing because it has probed me to do a lot of reading, ask a lot of questions and try and figure out ways to feel better. So, yeah, maybe. Maybe that's yeah, it. Right. <laughs> Thank out you out for sharing that
0: wisdom with us, though.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Rob. It's been Yay. beautiful. It's oh, been lovely. Moral.
0: Also, where's your accent from? I'm specifically. from, like,
1: down south in England. Okay,
0: okay. Stunning, yeah. I feel like
1: my accent's kind of made up, though. It, I, no, it sounds,
0: like, made up as in, like, from a, a fairy book. tale or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know what it's I
1: mean? It's weird. You know, I'm I'm not from a particularly, like, posh or rich family at all. It's very okay. middle, middle class, but a lot of people think I, I am, and my mum's from a small island, like the Isle of Wight oh, in England. Oh, yeah, mm. okay. And I think, like, she always was just... She speaks very proper, and I think she just kind of, like, drummed it into me. Mm. And I think it's one of those things, I think sometimes... When you come from like a less wealthy background, you can sometimes get these like very prominent accents because in England, it's people listen to how you how you talk and mm. it's changing a lot oh, now. Right. But
0: like as a class thing, as yeah, a class as a class signifier. thing, and
1: I think it just, I think it was kind of one of those things where a lot of people that didn't have that much money would just. Try and speak more proper, so they would wow. be able to get jobs oh. and be able to take like tattoos. Yeah, that so social capital. I have a really bizarre accent, but I am from like Hampshire, and so you know half of Hampshire speaks like this, and half of them speak. Um, like, the other end of this. Go on, really? do it, do it. I think there was a coll- like, was what? a choice. Like, oh, yeah. no, I can't. I really <laughs> I can't. But, you know, from Portsmouth, they have, like, their own dialect. We have oh, so wow. many words that I didn't even know didn't exist outside of Portsmouth. <gasps> what? Like, like, well, like what? The word, like, squinny is, is one of the words. <laughs> so that... It means like crybaby. You're being like you're moaning and whinging. It's like to be like stop being
0: such a squinny. Yeah. And, um, so it's I was like saying all this
1: stuff and I would be in London like when I moved there at 18 and people were like, what?
0: What are you on about? Are you
1: wow, talking about? But the UK so is so small. I'm yeah. like, how do you have yeah. the space
0: for these different like yeah, literally, They
1: really are. Every factions. single area of the UK is just wow, so that's amazing. different. That's yeah. cool. Oh well, I think people are well, really
0: going to enjoy the sound of your voice. On this and it's, <laughs> it's going like to be ASMR. a rude shock when we listen back to this. And Laurel's like, hi, I'm Laurel and I speak so nicely. And we're like, <laughs> oh, welcome back
1: to the fucking podcast. No. Way. it's horrible. <laughs> It's not i actually good. love the australian yeah, accent so fun. much yeah Brilliant. i okay. love it like i'm just it's so happy i feel like it's so fun oh, it's so nice. happy it's so chilled it's like you, to me this is i don't know maybe i shouldn't say this but it's like you have no worries in the world you know yeah i think when we when come I hit, across that way it. pretty yeah. crazy it is. It's yeah. so nice, you know. Yeah, especially yeah. in America where I live now, when I hear Australians, I'm like, yes, mm. oh, they oh. It. They that's it. great. No worry. Yeah. That's
0: so good. Oh my god. Well, guys, that's a wrap. Well done, thank you. That was so nice beautiful. One, you're like so eloquent. Thanks you should for having me. Be on so many podcasts. Oh, yeah, you guys. need like a radio show. Yeah, or seriously, I love it. I'll
1: add it to you my. You know what agenda. you need? You
0: need like a midnight kind of radio show where people like call in and yeah. you're just like playing ah, groovy tunes true. and it's like a solo show. Yeah, and do you, you know kind of give you do people all this advice. Like
1: presenting though, you do it so well.
0: Wow. <laughs> that was such a beautiful conversation with Laurel that just like expanded my heart to 3 times the size that it was before this chat. Thank you all for joining us on yet another episode of Love Clues. We'll be back next week and we love you all.
1: I love it. I've always wanted to do a podcast. Oh yeah, so this is my first Love Clues.